Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Rimble, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call. 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert. So turn with me. Now, I I, I think uh, we were in Jeremiah. I think we're going to Jeremiah, the eighth chapter. Now, when, in fact, disobedience comes in, then sin comes forth. The prophets come and say, Thus saith the mouth of God, straighten up your act, or this and this and this is going to happen. Often at the end, 
of their prophecy, they begin to talk about the latter days, which we have gotten into some of that. Now, in Jeremiah 8, starting in the first verse, it says, At that time, saith the Lord, they shall bring out the bones of the kings of Judah, the bones of his princes, the bones of the priests, and the bones of the prophets, and the bones of the inhabitants of Jerusalem out of their graves. And they shall spread them before the sun and the moon and all the host of heaven, whom they have loved and whom they have served, and, and after whom they have walked, and whom they have sought and whom they have worshipped. They shall not be gathered nor be buried. They shall be for dung upon the face of the earth. And death shall be chosen rather than life by all the residue of them that remain of this evil family, which remain in all the places whither I have driven them, saith the Lord of hosts. Folks, that's heavy, heavy stuff. We're going to, he said, all the bones, you see, even the prophets, they're going to be dug up. They're going to lay on the earth as dung. And he says, he says, and death shall be chosen rather than life for all the residue of their family. Now listen closely. Your sin, if in fact the Lord God carry, can be passed down several generations. The reason some of you sitting in this room dearly need to be delivered, ah, let's not start in on that, is because of your forefathers. And you don't even know it. You, you, you don't have the foggiest idea. Why? You've never been around a real prophet. Your forefathers, and I'm always telling parents, if not for your sake, do it for your children. Get your life straightened up with God. Every day of my life, I pray for my children, my grandchildren, and even what one day will be my great-grandchildren. Every day, bless God, I speak life. Every day I claim the kingdom for their sake. Every day I ask the Lord God to forgive them their sins and their unknown sins that they've committed against His holy word. Every day I claim there'll be no plagues, there'll be no diseases, there'll be no earthquakes, there'll be nothing to bring harm unto them come their way because their father and their grandfather keeps the holy covenant of God. It is mine to have. I proclaim it. I put my blessings upon them that they might be blessed as they grow and, and maybe one day have children of their own. You see what this is about? That's the way they did it in the book. If you're, if you're keeping Shabbat and you're having Shabbat service like on Friday night at home, you know, that's a great time to bring your children before you and lay your hands on them and ask God to bless them. Ask Him to bless Him. Put your name upon them. You don't want to be doing that if you're not walking in righteousness, though. But you see, so much of this has cursed our children. So much of this has cursed you, and you don't even know you're cursed. You can't walk out from under curses unless, bless God, you understand that. People that wear glasses, now listen to me, most of you, if not all of you, have been cursed because somewhere up the line they were thieves. That's what the Word said. That's not my, my thought, my idea. The curses have to be broken. And yet, the, yet you see, the prophets came and the prophets said, said look, these people are all going to die. And you want to know something? Listen how sad this is. It wasn't even their fault, was it? No. See, folks, we get this thing, and we get thinking we got this all figured out. There's some of you here that, you know, you're so spiritual, you're no earthly good. We think we got this all figured out, and all this is this voice telling us, you know. And, you know, let me tell you something. Over the last year, and I don't think I'm wrong about this, probably I've had 500 prophecies sent to me in the mail but some trying to impress me of their spirituality. Now, I don't know whether you know or not that that doesn't impress this prophet. The thing that impresses this prophet is what you know in that word. So spirituality is something that only follows the word. 
You'll never be any more spiritual than the word, the depth of the word that's in your heart and coming out of your mouth. So when you, when, when you realize that, bless God, that all of these prophecies have come. Now, listen, I keep telling this, and I write them back and said, be sure when this doesn't come to pass that you're honest enough to get in front of the people that you prophesied it to and break the curse because you've cursed them that's listened. Got a whole set of stuff. You know, I've got people listening to that stuff, and they're still doing it today. Still trying to prophesy. Still trying to do this, doing that. And I'm going to tell you something. It'll be the death of you and your family before your time. Why? God doesn't need you doing that. If he wanted you to do that, you're, set, you're sitting in front of a major prophet of God. And I will guarantee you, if there was anybody in this room that was truly ready to bring forth truth of prophecy, you would hear out of the mouth of this prophet before you left this weekend. And I'll tell you something else you can guarantee you there's not any sitting here. Get over it, which some of you are having a real time doing. Not a one of them 500 prophecies came to pass. Not a one. What does that tell me? And they're bold enough to come, well, now next year, bless God, the lights are all going to, electricity is going to go out. If I write all this stuff down dated, guess what? Never happened. There's going to be, there's going to be, bless God, right here. It was, remember the guy that's supposed to be, I don't, don't want to mention names, but we're going to have this, the great earthquake right up the wall, right up the Mississippi River. Remember? What happened? Ask them, well, we prayed and the Lord God held back his judgment. Don't think so good of yourself, okay? If, if God's going to be bold enough to have you to prophesy it, he's going to be bold enough to bring it to pass. So you see, that kind of stuff, now listen to me, that kind of stuff, if, if we were to be able to extend our time on this earth, would curse your children and your children's children, and they will die long before their time. The church sits there and looks to me just like you're looking at me, some of you today. Folks, that's the book. That's what it says in there. Nobody should want to stand and say, thus say the mouth of God. Nobody should want to have to do that. And you know why they do it? Because they're not under a real prophet. You stand up in this room and you run your mouth off while I'm up here in this anointing, and I will see to it you're out that door. I won't put up with it. And yet some of you can't wait to get to the latest Church of the Righteous so you can stand up and do those kind of things. Grow up. Get over this thing. Get into the Word. Discipline your life. Then one day you'll hear the prophet say, now is your time. You prophesy. Instead of some of you are out here doing all this stuff, you got yourself in a bind. And what? And you know what the sad thing of it is? It isn't like you haven't been told before. Somebody needs to grab onto that and hang on to it. All right, here we go. Now, in the fifth verse, I'm sorry, the fourth verse, Moreover, thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord, Shall they fall and not arise? Shall he turn away and not return? Why then is this people of Jerusalem slidden back by perpetual backsliding? <laughs> Don't seem like they're going anyways but backwards. They hold fast deceit. They refuse to return. They hold fast deceit. They hold fast deceit. The church is holding fast deceit. I'm not deceiving you. I'm giving you the Holy Word of God, the end-time message by an end-time prophet of the spirit of Elijah. And yet they think that I'm the one. It's the church. It's the church that's in deceit. You know, the Scripture says, and, and they themselves, the priests, would not come in, and they wouldn't allow the people to come in. And do you want to know something? That parallels it to today. There are pastors, bless their pea-picking hearts, all over America that get in their pulpits, some of them get on the Internet, and say, well, now, you know, this, this, this false prophet Deckard. Do you know something? It's a dangerous thing to be calling anybody a false prophet until you have sat down and studied the material. And you know people that talk like that, and you hear it, that's what you'll say. Have you studied the material? Have you sat under the man? Have you gone to experience the anointing that comes forth out of him? 
Until you do that, you better keep your mouth shut. You better go. But you, what, what's this about? We're so spiritual now that you can that you can just know that, that this is false and that's false without going and finding out what is going on. Come on, it doesn't work that way. So it goes on and says, six verse. I hearkened and heard, but they spake not aright. No man repented him of his wickedness, saying, What have I done? Everyone turned to his course, as the horse rusheth unto the battle. What have I done? The church says, What have I done? What have we done? We haven't done anything. Look at us. Look at us. Well, we got mega churches in it. Mega churches. You think we're wrong? Yeah, I think you're dead wrong. I think, bless God, you are about to miss one of the uh, one of the greatest moves of God that there's ever been on the face of this earth, and the reason you're about to miss it is because number one, this is one I hear all the time. I haven't come in the love of Jesus. Oh yeah, I have. You just don't know what love is. Okay. Now, when when, when the church first started in with all this stuff with me, they didn't have much to say. But you see. What I kept doing was asking questions. I kept asking them to prove. And you know one of the first one of the things I began to ask those pastors to prove to me? That Shabbat, Sabbath, was on Sunday. They couldn't do it. Some of them, well, we, well that's, just what, that's just what we was told. And because you're using Sunday for Sabbath, do you understand? Now listen to me. You're cursed. Now, if you're cursed, how in the world is God going to bless you? He can't, folks. And the Word is very explicit about all this. And yet, and yet, bless God, I'm going to tell you something. We see it all the time. Well, now, <clears throat> you know, listen to that stuttering, huh? It's the Christian Sabbath. Where's that written in the book? There's no such thing as a Christian Sabbath. There is one Sabbath that the Lord God made before the children of Israel was even formed. It was given unto the, it was given unto His people, and we were told. See, the thing that the thing that we're if I can get the people first, you if we can get the people to begin to understand that, bless God, God's word is the authority, the final argument of anything. But then we get into all these excuses. Well, after Jesus came and redeemed us from the curse of the law. Do you know how stupid that, 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 that statement is to a Jew? Because you know why? The church can't even talk about the law because they don't know anything about the law. But they'll take some scripture, twist it around real good, and make a fool out of themselves with every Jew on the face of this earth. We were redeemed from the curse of the law. The law cursed us from getting to heaven. The law wasn't cursed. But you see what I'm saying? They find everything. Why? Wrong teaching, wrong believing. If there had been a prophet, I'm going to tell you something. This was God's plan that there wasn't a prophet involved in the church. Because if there had been, bless God, we'd have put enough of you in the dirt that everybody else would have, bless God, decided maybe we ought to at least try what they're talking about. Okay? So God hid the prophets and kept the prophets out of the way, and then the, the church could not even look into the Word of God and understand. There is no possible way of guidance out from under the prophetic ministry. You, there isn't anything. There's nothing that you can, you can claim to be or see to be or even twist to be in the Scriptures. It takes prophets to know. It takes somebody said, you know, we got people now going to, going over to the land of Israel, and they're going to be back there, and bless God, they're, they're, you know, they're going to wait for us to come. They said, we'll be waiting. We'll be waiting for you to get there. I write back and said, you'll be dead. You don't need to be worrying about waiting. The timing of this thing is going to, in the end, after we finally get your loving little hearts in, in the right place they need to be, and hundreds of thousands and millions like us, the Lord God is going to send the angel on that day, and he's going to say, now, take the children home. And that's when we're going to leave, and we're going to go home. Now, what's all these other knuckleheads going to do out here? What they're doing, they're going to 
hear some voice. Now, what have I taught you about hearing some voice? 99.9% of the time, that voice right there you're hearing is a familiar spirit. And you're oh so holy and spiritual, you're not even smart enough to figure that out. But the fact of it is, the timing is crucial. And like I said before, there's not going to be 15 leaders, there's one, and you're looking at him. And for those of you that are willing to put up with me, let me rephrase this. As long as I'm willing to put up with you, <laughs> we'll make it. We will make it. Like I said, there could be 70 million of us around the world. There's not that many in North, here in North America. Some of you are going to be ministering the message in different places in this world, but sitting in this room today, if you will succumb. Your will and your mind. You know, let me tell you something, folks. Our forefathers, the way this nation was built and was so great. Jefferson and the boys, they got together and they made a pact. And they vowed to each other that they would bring forth and even give up their lives for the Constitution. They would then bless God their integrity and bless God their money. They would absolutely stand with those things. We have no integrity anymore, okay? They're not going to give up their lives for anything, but they do manage to have all their money, okay? That too will end. Let's go on. Now, um, um, in the seventh verse, Yea, the stork in the heaven knoweth her appointed times, and the turtle and the crane and the swallow observe the time of, the, uh, of the, their coming, but my people know not the judgment of the Lord. What's he saying here? My people are dumber than a mud stick. Huh? He said, hey, even, even they, even they know. But my people don't know the, know the judgment of God. Do you realize something today? Nine, oh, well, I'm using these numbers. You know they're hypothetical and they're probably not even close. But it could be that 90% of the church doesn't have any idea in this world that the judgment of God is now upon us. God is trying to save through things like this earthquake down here. Wake up. Judgment has come. The church sets back, oh, well, oh, how I love Jesus. This can't happen to me because, I mean, well, you know, I got the Holy Ghost and I speak in other tongues. Listen, couldn't be, couldn't be further from the truth. They don't, they're, they're not going to escape this thing. But you see, they, they're not even, they can't even figure out the fact that, bless God, that judgment has come. Eighth verse. How do you say we are wise and the law of the Lord is with us? Lo, certainly in vain made he it. The pen of the scribes is in vain. Do you know what I'm saying? Just like we're saying right now about our Constitution. It's old and, well, it wasn't penned just right. And we need to get something more modern. I mean, after all, they're, they're calling God a liar here. Call him a liar. But you want to know something, folks? There's many times people call the Lord God a liar, and they don't have the foggiest idea that that's what they're doing. Why? Because they have rejected the truth. The Bible says it is the truth that what? Make us free. I often like to say set us free. Make us free. It is the truth. The church has been without truth for quite some time. Now that truth has begun to raise up its head, the church doesn't want to... Let me tell you what. They don't even want to consider it. But I'm going to tell you what's going to bring the people out of bondage. There's going to be some catastrophes, whether it's plagues, uh, uh, whatever, that's going to take place here in North America. And those, those people are going to run in the doors of that thing called a church. And that pastor, nor all the, the people inside, are not going to be able to do anything about it. Then they're going to go home and they're going to look around and you know what they're going to say? Maybe we've made a mistake by being here. And when they decide that the, their, their church 
isn't going to be able to save them. And, and by the way, your church isn't going to be doing anything for you. It's the Lord God. And if he went a different direction than the doctrine of that church that you're setting in, you're in a heap of trouble. And just because you think and the pastor thinks and the board thinks that, bless God, that God's not going another direction, you better really be careful. The Spirit of God is always moving. started when the Lord God said, let there be light. It has never stopped since then. It has passed multitudes of millions of people on its way because they got wrapped up, they got seduced and deceived by men. And they got wrapped up into a spirit of religion of which they dearly need to be delivered of, but they don't even know, just like the Scriptures say. Let's go on. Ninth verse. The wise men are ashamed. They are dismayed and taken. They have rejected the word of the Lord, and what wisdom is in them? Therefore will I give their wives unto others, and their fields to them that shall inherit them. For every one from the least even unto the greatest is given covetousness. From the prophet even unto the priest, everyone dealeth falsely. So see, prophets aren't, prophets aren't in any way deleted from this thing. You know, that's the reason I say, you, you know, if you think you want to be a prophet, you better get under a prophet. Because you're going to screw things up. Because, listen, the spirit of darkness is smarter than you and knows more word than you know. Well, I'm saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. that The devil can't even bother me. And I hear that so much. I said, well, how in the world did the devil tempt the Messiah? He wasn't beyond temptation. What makes you think you are? Well, that's what they teach in my church. Religion? Of course it's religion. Is it out of bounds? Deadly so. But, but you know, folks, the, the, again, the, th- the thing with, with all of this is, my Lord and my God, wake up. Examine. Don't be afraid to look at something new. Don't call something false just because it doesn't line up with your doctrines. Bless God, examine it. If it's God, what? The Word. The Word. How many of you, and, and, and I hope all of you, uh, remember me saying several times, You follow after this word, not after this man. This word is truth. As long as I'm ministering the truth of this word, bless God, you better follow it. When I start telling you things that are outside that word, you better run. Because you're in the wrong ballpark. Could I do that? Yeah. Would I do that? No. Not on purpose I wouldn't do that. Why? Listen, it's real real slick. I don't want to burn hell. That That comes to the next thing that the church doesn't have. True fear of God. Some of the men in this room have seen me quake. Some have seen me quake, right? Because of things that have taken place, and I fear that I mess things up. This God, I'm going to tell you something. He's a mighty God. He's a loving God. But I'm going to tell you something. He does not tolerate messing up. He doesn't. Whether it's this prophet or it's you. Then all of us think that, well, you can't make, it can't go wrong, you know. I mean, after all, Jesus loves me. He sure does. He died for you, okay? Now, going to give your wives to others. 11 verse, for they have healed the hurt of my daughter, my people, slightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Isn't that what the church is saying today? There ain't any peace. There's not going to be any peace. I watched. Bless God, back in the 90s, I watched God take the peace from this earth. It was gone. He said the only peace that anyone is going to have from this day forward is going to be me in their hearts. He said the peace is gone. There will be no peace. If there's no peace, there's no understanding. If there's no understanding, there's wars. And like I said, you're just, you're just, you're just seeing this thing get wound up. Somehow somebody decided we was going to please the world. That was the first mistake. Okay? <laughs> no peace. Twelve. We, uh, were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay. You know why? They didn't even, at, the, at this point in time, they didn't even know they, that they had committed abomination. See, if you don't know the rules, you can't play the game. You can't, you can't go play basketball, baseball, hockey, whatever it is, unless you know the rules, can you? 
You can't participate in the kingdom of God on this earth if you don't understand the rules. You can't play the game. And yet somehow we got all these people running around here that's so smart in the doctrine of their church. You know how smart that makes you on a scale of 1 to 100? About a 2. If I was to have some of you stand up in here that could verify what I said when you first came around, it takes about a year to find out how stupid you really are and how smart I am when it comes to the Word of God. I want the ones of you that know that but now to say amen. Amen. Some of you, it took, it took all year. Some of you, it's taken a little longer. But the, the fact of it is, we're talking about the fullness. We're talking about the fullness of the Word. We're not talking about isolation over here, and we discount everything over there. It's written in the volume of the book. The problem is, the pastors forgot to tell you that. The pastors forgot to tell you. If God negated it, He would told us so. If, in fact, all the law was to be abolished, the Messiah would have said that, and he didn't. In fact, he said the opposite. He said, I come not to destroy it, to fulfill it. What part did he fulfill? Just like I said, because he shed his blood for the remission of our sins, we now have access unto the King of kings, the Lord of lords throne room. Now we have it. That's what he did. Oh, my Lord. He goes further. Nay, uh, nay, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. <laughs> Does the church blush now? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. They're just taking their fish near and said, you're the Antichrist. Therefore shall they fail among them that fall. In the time of their visitation they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Listen to me prophetically. This is the time of visitation once again. When Christ came to the earth, it was at the time of visitation. Now, this is again because it's one of the greatest, well, it is the greatest exodus that the world has ever seen, one of the greatest moves of God that there's ever been. It's the time of your visitation. Now, what if you miss the visitation? When this comes down to it, brothers and sisters, everybody has a choice. I'm not out here trying to make anybody believe what I'm preaching. I'm not out here to do that at all. I'm out here and I'm going to give you the truth. Your, your job is to decide whether this word's the truth or, or God's a liar. And that's what you're saying. God doesn't change. Like I said, if this thing's going to be, we've been told, not hinted at, but now you go out and <laughs> believe all the, <laughs> oh, don't get me started on this. You believed the rapture, didn't you? We're going to fly away, sweet Jesus. Then I come along and said, unpack your flying way bags. You're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. You're about to go through the toughest time that this world has ever seen, and there will never be another time like it. And there's never been one like it before. And, folks, if you're not tied up and wrapped up into this Word of God, you and yours are going to die before this thing's over. And that's the reason I said some of you are playing games with this thing. Some of you got a lot of big talk, and you got no walk. And I'm here to tell you, don't you come bawling, swollen in my house, emailing and calling. Because if you're walking right, you're under the wings of the shadow of the Almighty God. Amen. If you're walking right. See, this thing isn't guaranteed. If it was guaranteed, guess what? From the days of Abraham, they would have obeyed the Word of God willingly, yes. They wouldn't have got out here and voted and decided they were going to do other things, no. But you see, you can be on top of it, and then you can be underneath it, if you so should so uh, desire. Well, we don't want that for your life. But you know, here again, what God does in these visitations... Go city to city, and it amazes me. You know what? Most of all, it amazes me. I've traveled this earth many times around this world. So I said I've got prophecy that, that followed me all around the world that came place. You've heard lots of it come from me here in this room that's come to place. And bless God, then the Lord God sends me somewhere. Pick a town, somewhere I've never been. Miami, Florida. Say I was to go there. 
Well, if we can get 30 people or 40, we've got a big crowd, okay? And usually I say this. Now, everybody that can hear the voice of God, that think that they're hearing God, where are they at? I am the last day Elijah, and I know that. I have screamed from one end of this country to the other, bring me the man, bring me the woman that can work these works. I want to see them, and I want to see the works. And you know what's that right now is showing up? Not one person. All we got is a bunch of milly mouth. careful here, people running around here playing games. Why? Because they won't submit themselves to a real prophet. They don't want to be stood up in a, in a meeting like this and, 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 and the old story, like I say, tell you how the hog ate the cabbage. But I say, if, if, if I am who I am, and I am, and all these people are hearing from God, where are they at? Is it not prophesied in the last days that Elijah will return to this earth? Well, you don't look like him. Get over it. I'm better looking than he was. Now, me and Elijah's going to have to have a duel out back behind the barn when I get there. No, there's no problem with looking like a prophet. The fact of it is, the problem is that people are not ready to do what? To receive. But this is the time of your visitation. It's not going to happen again to you. It's not going to happen again. Christ came and visited and passed by. We are now, as this prophet, and some of you are now visiting, and we will pass by and go back to the land of our forefathers. And you're going to be standing on the shore going, come back, come back. And you know what God's going to say to you if you can hear him say? The time of your visitation you missed. See, that's the reason I said, folks, don't, don't, don't bet your life spiritually and your family's lives on the fact that you think because your religion told you. This is a new time, a new era. This is, a, this, is, this is something that, bless God, has always been here. This word that I'm giving you here this weekend is not new. It's not anything of me up here saying, Thus saith the mouth of God, and adding to this or taking away from that. No. It's all here. Let's go on. Now, it says, visit, time of their visitation... They shall be cast down, saith the Lord. God is casting a lot of people down right now. Okay? I will surely consume them, saith the Lord. There is, there is no grapes on the vine, nor figs in the tree. Leaves shall fade, and the things that I have given them shall pass away from them. Why do we sit still? Assemble yourselves. Let us enter into the defense cities, and let us be silent there. For the Lord our God hath put us to silence and given us water of gall to drink, because we have sinned against the Lord. We look for peace, but no good came, and for a time of health, and behold, trouble. How many churches tomorrow are going to have people come to the altars dying of cancers? Everything you can imagine. And those pastors are going to, with the faith that they think they can muster up, is going to lay hands on these people, and they're going to die anyway. Why? Because they're outside of what God is trying to do. They missed the visitation. They said no. But you know, again, what the problem is? They did not, most of them, ever even sit down and consider. You know, I've told a lot of people, but what if I'm right? You think you're so right... But what if you're wrong, and what if I'm right? Because you see, the only thing I've got this to base on is, is the Word of God, not my opinions. The only thing you have is your, is your religion and your doctrine from where you've come. Okay? Let's go on. Let's go, let's go over to the book. Uh, I'm sorry, still in Jeremiah 23. Now, here we're going to be talking about or, or seeing how Ephraim was forgotten. Jeremiah 23, 1 through 8. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pastor, saith the Lord. Uh-oh, that's no good. That word woe, anytime that gets in a book with a prophet, you, you want to know there, there, there's going to be some gnashing of teeth here. 
He says, Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people, Ye have scattered my flock and driven them away, and, and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, saith the Lord. And there's going to be a lot of pastors here in this generation and in this time that's going to die. That's prophecy from this prophet. Why? Because of that. They're going to die before their time. Because what they're doing, they're interfering with God and thinking all along that, bless God, they're working for God. Thinking they're doing God a favor by, by, by blaspheming this prophet. They're not doing God a favor. How do they know? How do they know? Wouldn't they just love? Wouldn't they just love? How many people have said, wouldn't you just love to see somebody raised from the dead? Wouldn't you just love to see the blind see and the lame walk? Wouldn't you just love to see, bless God, hurricanes move when the prophet speaks? We was in a Hawaiian. We had a whale, and I commanded that whale to put on a show. And some of the men that sat in here was on that, was on that boat. That's when we went to, went to that great valley that was filled all the way to the top. That gorge was filled all the way to the top with a cloud. People have been there for hours on a bus tour hoping that that cloud so they could see the, see the beautiful Pacific Ocean. Walked up there and rebuked the cloud, and Donna can tell you, but just, in, just within just two or three minutes or whatever it was, that cloud instantly came up, went right on up, and the sunshine shine, and there was. Folks, that's what prophets do. See, what we've got is a bunch of mealy-mouthed knuckleheads out here using lots of words trying to think from the prophetic. You've got to have the signs. If you don't have those, run from them. If they can't produce, don't be around them. Uh, the fortunate thing for me, I've done this for so many years and got such a track record, they couldn't catch up probably if they lived to be Methuselah's age. All right? But, but, but you know, the, and the thing of it is, all this stuff is it, it follow me all around the world, as I said. What, what, what is this about? This is about the fact of saying, okay, why don't I do this? Why do not, why, why do, don't the signs follow and confirm when I speak the word? You want to know why? Because it's not from God and it's not by the anointing. That's hard, folks, but it's fact. That's the way it is. It isn't, this isn't some monkey business going on trying to, you know, trying to get you to understand. You know, people say, well, he don't think anybody's hearing from God but him. I'm going to tell you something you hear from the Lord God every day of your life. The problem is you can't discern the difference between light and darkness that will try to come as light, the darkness will, and to infiltrate you and get you to go this way when God's desperately trying to get you to go that way. And that's what happens to you. You're around a prophet. You know, you know we went through the thing here, and uh, somebody uh, called me and was talking to, to me uh, not long ago, and and they, they brought up this thing, Y2K thing, okay? And uh, I said, well, you know, I said, that's just a great example. Everybody that got caught up in that heard from a familiar spirit. Yet all those people are still out here, and I never can understand this, still prophesying, and some of you knuckleheads are still sending them your money. They're still out there. And they were, oh, God said yes, with and like I said, if you could have been in Evansville, Indiana, and got on the TV station and the radio stations in St. Louis and, and, and Terre Haute and Louisville and, the, and, and Nashville and some of the other places I was at, you were hearing this prophet scream at the top of my lungs, it is not going to happen. Everything will be the same as it was after it times 12 as it was before. That's not going to take place. Now, who was right? Well, yeah, it's over, and we know you're right. Well, sure, I was right. But what did the people do? They followed after a familiar spirit. Or if they, too, could agree with that, they heard from a familiar spirit. And either way, you're cursed. In either way, you're walking outside of the Word of God. You know why? You didn't know a real prophet, and you sure weren't one. 
And then when the real prophets come along, what happens? Well, well, I, I mean, you know, I told an old boy who had a radio uh, program the same thing. I said, he liked to have lost everything he had. I said, if you'd known a real prophet, that wouldn't have happened to you, brother. Wouldn't have happened. It's beyond me how those people stay in business. I, I just don't understand how in the world people keep supporting that kind of stuff. But they do. Now, okay, I am in... Uh, Third verse, and I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries. Now, wait a minute. You need to underline this because, like I said, we're talking Ephraim here. And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries, whether I have driven them, and I will bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. That, again, is a major prophet of God speaking, thus saith the mouth of God. He said, I am going to gather the remnant. Of my flock. Who is the remnant of the flock? Ephraim. Us. He said, I'm going to gather them. You know what he's doing right now? He is gathering. He is letting North America have their time of visitation with this prophet. And I'm going city to city. Every new city we can find to go to, Don and I are booking, and we're going to city to city. So why? The time of their visitation. You know what? You know what I, I want more than anything, is to go to those cities. Every city I go into, I want to come out of there and say, we put one fellowship together in this city. Maybe two people, maybe ten, maybe twenty. But out of that, the seed has been planted. And out of that, if they will listen, and they will begin to do what? They will begin to go out and plant seed. we got those trifle uh, things to hand out, tracts and everything else. And they will begin to do what? They will begin to take the visitation. They will the anointing of this visitation to the people. And from that, things will happen. Tirelessly, Don and I work. And some of you know that. To get somehow, someplace, if they would have known it was the time of their visitation, they would have all shown up. But let me tell you something. This earth, overall, has never known the time of visitation during all the eons of ages. And they're not going to know this one. One of the first prophecies I prophesied was the church that we would call in that day and hour, as the church we would call the Sanhedrin, the church, they didn't know him for the most part. And when he comes back again, for the most part, the church isn't going to know him then. That's a, that, that, that's a sad indictment against the church, but folks, I'm right. We have got this thing so far out of shape that, bless God, that people just do what they do. Do you know that I know that there are Pentecostal and there are, bless God, charismatic churches tomorrow evening that will have a microphone set down on the floor, and at any moment the Spirit of God should move upon you, you come up and say, Thus saith the mouth of God. How many of you have been in church like that? Come on. Hey, look at there. What is that? That's an open door to familiar spirits. There's nobody there to spiritually judge it. The only way that could work with a prophet in the room. Somebody said, said, is people free to prophesy in your meeting? I said, oh, yeah, yeah. Anytime they got the nerve to stand up and open up their mouth, they're about to find out in some of their cases for the first time in their lives the truth about what they're saying. And I'm not a bit backward about telling you about it. Why? You're monkeying with the anointing. And that anointing is not going to be monkeyed with, not, not, not as long as I'm in authority in the Bema. Okay, let's go on. Here we go. Now, he says, he says he's going to gather them. Fourth verse, and, and I will set up shepherds over them which shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. Look at me. Hello, shepherds. Hello, shepherds. Don't miss the time of your visitation. There could be multitudes, and in some of your lives there will be multitudes that will come under you as under this prophet. But some of you don't want to... Spend the time. You want to get it on now. You're going to spend the time through our patience, right? That's what the Scripture says. We will obtain. 
You're the ones that God's going to grow up. He's going to grow you up through this prophet. Oh, it's not going to be a fun journey at times, and there's other times it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be some bumps in the road, and sometimes there's going to be craters in the road. But in the end, we're going to walk back upon the land of our forefathers, and we're going to get on our knees, and we're going to kiss the earth of Israel. If you will decide to grow up, if you will decide to take ownership, that's what this is all about. You taking ownership in this thing. Let's go on. He says, And neither shall they be lacking. Fifth verse, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. Now, I want to read that again. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. Well, the first of that would have been Yeshua, okay? And now, as we move on to that, there will be, there will be somebody, obviously, that will be over Israel in the last days. In his day, Judah shall, shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. Underline the word safely. And this is the name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that they shall no more say, The Lord liveth, which brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But the Lord liveth, which brought up the uh, up and which led the seed of the house of Israel, Ephraim, out of the north country and from the uh, countries whither I had driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land. That is the guarantee that we're going to dwell in our own land. That is scriptural proof that we are going to dwell safely back in the land of Israel. Now, God can't lie. I didn't say that. I didn't twist it around. That's what the Lord God said through the prophet, that that day would come when those ten lost tribes would be gathered together, brought back, and they would dwell safely upon the land of their forefathers, the land of Israel. So if that's truth... How is the church going to prepare them to go do this? Come on, it's time to think. They can't. They can't. Who led them out of the bondage of Egypt? Moses. Was Moses the church? No, Moses was a great prophet, even though, even though the, the Jews don't see him as a prophet, okay? They see him as a great man of God, above the prophets, actually. But he was a great prophet. He brought them out. He heard God say, now's the time. He said, quickly, get, get your stuff together. We're leaving. It, was, it, was, that was, it wasn't the church, folks. And, and by the way, how could we ever agree? Oh, I got you now. Come on, come on, come on. How could we ever agree in the church long enough? Well, I think we should go on Wednesday next week. No, brother, absolutely not. Desecrate something or other. They couldn't even agree. Folks, they, they, can, they couldn't come together with this thing and agree and get this done for nothing. They couldn't. Why? The anointing in their lives wouldn't let it happen. If it could have, it couldn't have. But if it could have, they'd be standing up saying, yeah, we want you, prophet. You come to our church. Let's do this. Do you know how many churches we get asked to in a year? Maybe two. Do we go to any of them? No. Why? We get rooms and hotels. If they want to hear what we're doing, they can come in and listen. Amen? Amen. We're not going to go in and the board meet. Bless God, I get my, my, uh, my Sunday night check on Wednesday. Nope, that's not going to happen. All right, let's go on. And it says, I said, no one from the countries where they have them, and they shall dwell in their own land. Ezekiel 20, please. Now, you know, this is interesting here in Ezekiel 20. This is interesting because, bless God, again, it's going to deal with Ephraim. Ezekiel twenty thirty three. Isn't it something how God prophesied all this? Isn't it something that in, in the beginning of what I started this morning, yeah, you can say, well, the Jews were, you know, they were blinded. Can you see now that the church is blinded? It's all here, folks. It's written in the same 
the same way, the same warnings, the same indication that was going to come from God. Now listen, 33, Ezekiel 20. As I live, saith the Lord God, surely with a mighty hand and with with a stretched out arm and with fury poured out will I rule over you. And I will bring you out from the people, this is, this is Ephraim, and will gather you out of the countries wherein ye were scattered. He scattered Ephraim. With a mighty hand and with a stretched out arm and with fury poured out. And I will bring you into the wilderness of the people. Now, some of you have heard me say, you can write out in the margin, that's the church. The wilderness of the people. Well, how could that be the wilderness when one time it seemed to be that that was the light? Because the times have changed. The transition period came. The end of the time of the Gentiles came, and they knew not. I will bring you into the wilderness of the people, and there will I plead with you face to face. What am I doing? I am pleading with you and with every city in America, in North America, face to face. I'm going to your cities, and I'm facing you face to face and saying, Thus saith the mouth of the Almighty God, Yahweh. And they knew not the time of their visitation. Huh? You know, somebody said to me, he said, Well, you, you, you suppose if uh, some of these big famous uh, preachers, you suppose if this all with them doing it, it'd get done? Absolutely. But you know why it wasn't done through them? Two reasons. One, they're living in sin. Two, bless God, is the fact that God was hiding it, and you have to know, look at me, in your heart, you've got to know. Not because somebody is what? A star on television. You've got to know here. And if you can't know here, you're not going to know. And if you don't know, your time of visitation is in vain. Turn loose and let go. Tell religion to get out of your life that you want to learn truths. Amen and amen. Now, we got them out here, bless God, face to face. 36. Like as I pleaded with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so I plead with you, saith the Lord. See, it's identical. He pleaded with our fathers in the wilderness. You remember how they did things? Well, it took them 40 years to go across what they could have walked, I think, have walked across in a week. They're out there wandering around. Forty years. The Lord's leading us. Hallelujah. Hit the rock and get some water. Bring the manna down so we can eat. I'd like mustard on mine, please. What is it? Why did they have to want so God could plead with them? Okay? Plead with him about. Get back in line and serve me through the Torah. That's what this was all about. He didn't want them to exercise for 40 years so they'd be in good shape. All right? Now, they went out and spied out the land, didn't they? Remember? Remember? When Moses said, Joshua, you and Caleb, a couple well-meaning boys, bless God, take the horses and take ten more guys that you can trust and go out and spout the land and see if we can well take the land. Because Moses said, and this is Moses that sent him out, he had told the people, we can take the land. It's ours. Why? Because the Lord God gave it to us. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer request. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible. Shir 
Thank you. 